Hello and welcome to the British German Association's podcast series, Understanding Germany. This series supports our aim of providing insights into and in-depth discussions about modern German society. My name is Antonia Wunnerlich and in this episode I speak to Jack Stallworthy about Germany's education system. Jack has been working at the British Embassy in Berlin since 2018, where he is responsible for education, health, labour and social affairs. His job entails understanding German domestic and international policy approaches in these fields, including where the UK might want to learn from the German experience. Jack is in regular contact both with the Department of Education at home, as well as Germany's federal and state education ministries. Hi, Jack. Thank you very much for joining us. Um, It's a pleasure to have you. And uh, as you know, we like to ask our speakers for a fun fact on Germany before we kick off with the podcast episode. So do you have anything you'd like to share with us? I do indeed. Thank you very much for having me. My fun fact or my sort of interesting fact that relates to our our conversation is that where a 6% of school pupils in the UK go to private school in Germany, it's actually 8.3%. But the systems are slightly different and we'll come on to that later on. Thank you. Um, That is indeed surprising. I thought that there were fewer um, pupils in Germany who went to private school. But like you said, that is one of the questions that we'll be addressing. But um, not the first one. The first one I wanted to ask you was, how is the school system structured in Germany? Exactly. It's a little uh, different uh, from in the UK. You People uh, tend to go to school slightly later, so not starting at four, but more at six. And of course, people do, or an increasing amount of German children uh, go to go to nursery beforehand. Um, but they are used to uh, starting um, primary school a little later and also uh, and, and spending less time in, in there before they go on to secondary school. And then the, the way that it's quite different from, from the UK is the three-tiered secondary school system after primary school. And it's very different from, from how it used to be. We're used to, a, uh, you know, perhaps those who've, who've studied German at school uh, will remember learning about um, the Realschule um, or the gymnasium and the differences there, the grammar school and the more technical school. Some of the more conservative states in Germany still have that system. Uh, that your teacher will look at your uh, results in their last year of primary school and make a suggestion as to whether you should go to a grammar school uh, more academically focused or whether you should go to a more technical school. Uh, some states still even have the, the Hauptschule, which is for the those who are least academically gifted but might have uh, strengths elsewhere. And there, there was never a sort of an 11 plus exam like there used to be way back when in the UK. But in some states, that recommendation by the teacher is compulsory. The parents have to follow it uh, when they uh, decide which secondary school to send their, their children to. In other states, they still have the recommendation, but it's not compulsory. And in other states, there have been this, that classic model, that classic three-tier model has been changed in some ways. Lots of states have, um, we say, that you know, have had more left-wing governments, have introduced uh, uh, comprehensive schools, uh, other types of, of schools. There's actually quite a, uh, 
quite a range of different options in the 16 different states as to how the, uh, the system is structured. And, and that then carries on to what people then do after, um, after their secondary school education as well. That's, um, that's so interesting. And what, what qualifications um, do pupils then leave with? Is it always the same qualification for each of those systems or is it, uh, is it a different one? So if you go to the grammar school, um, you will do an A-level or an, an, an Abitur, which will then open, you, open your path towards going to, to university. And if you're going to one of the other schools, then you will have a, um, what's called a Mittlerreife, which is a, similar to so GCSEs. Um, if you're going to the grammar school, you don't do that. You just carry on doing your subjects until you get to, to A-level. But for the other types of school, that, uh, school there is then a, um, a qualification that is then opens up your path to either to uh, doing an apprenticeship um, or um, doing other further studies that then might take you towards having an, an A-level as well. But those before the, the Mittelreife then is also an, is an option for helping you get to, uh, get to a job. But really, people will want to have an apprenticeship or an A-level before they go into the, the labour market or possibly going into, into tertiary education. And roughly the first apprenticeship that you do is equivalent to an A-level as well. A bit like now in the UK where we have A-levels and T-levels as well. And before getting on to your fun fact... Um about private education in Germany. Could you say a quick uh, word about the grading system? Because I know it's different in Germany than in the UK. That's right. And it's, of course, people use it in, in the rest of life. You know, they might sort of, a politician might describe, you know, the, an opposition politician might describe the, uh, the, the government's uh, work perhaps as not being, not being a 1.0, but being much less. So the, the top grade in, in Germany, the equivalent to... Um, to an, an A star, perhaps is the is the one point zero, um, which is the best you can get, um, and then it goes down to two point zero, three point zero. Um, so certainly no no letters um, as is uh, is in the case in the UK. And now to your fun fact. So, what is the share of private secondary education in Germany, and um, how does it compare to the UK system? On the first look, you might be surprised. Well, why are eight point three percent of German school pupils going to private schools, and six percent, um, you know, in the UK? And you might be, you know, be surprised by that fact. But the system is different. So, a lot of the the private schools in Germany are a bit like the academies in England. They have they are operationally independent, but they get a lot of their funding, in fact the overwhelming amount of their funding from uh, the states and local government. Um, so they parents might choose uh, these these schools because they have a, a particular pedagogical approach, um, a different approach to, to learning that they choose. But the German constitution forbids a, a system that would simply charge sort of thousands and thousands of euros and um, be unaffordable. So lots of the schools might have a nominal fee um, of a, a couple of hundred euros, a, or a more nominal fee, a couple of hundred euros uh, a month. But even if then... And, you know, a family couldn't support that. There has to be options there for for children, other ch- for children to be supported, uh, to be able to go to these schools. So, whilst that 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 fact seems quite surprising initially, 
Um, what's behind it um, is that there is a uh, the amount that schools can charge is 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 restricted, um, but it allows them that sort of operational independence that academies in England have. Right, and now maybe moving on to tertiary education. Um, what options do Germans have when they finish school? If you've gone to a grammar school, uh, then you will be you're on that path to going to university and thinking about what you want to study. But if you haven't gone to a grammar school, if you've gone one to one to one of the other types of schools, there is a quite rigorous, quite very comprehensive, well-established system of careers advice preparing people to look at whether they want to do an apprenticeship or a full-time technical and vocational um, uh, qualification, um, which includes in Germany becoming a nurse or working in social care um, on the on the full-time side. And then there's a, the apprenticeship system, which you might take, you might become a plumber, you might become a hairdresser, a barber, um, or even you might go and uh, work in a bank or become... Uh, and you work in sales. And if uh, starting from your second, third year in, in, the, in secondary school, uh, you will um, get careers advice, not from actually, from a trained careers advisor from the local employment office, who will come in and talk through the different options. What might you want to do? What might we want to do as, a, as an internship before you leave secondary school? So there's all sorts of preparation so that by the time an individual is leaving a secondary school, they know they've already applied to a company uh, that will support them, uh, that will take them on as an apprentice, and then they'll, they'll go to a corresponding vocational college where they will then spend about 30% of their time studying the theoretical aspects of their chosen occupation while spending the rest of the time at the firm and that then sets them up um, often many apprentices the vast majority of apprentices carry on working at the same firm once they've completed their apprenticeship but there's lots of stages after that so that if someone wants to do an apprenticeship or a full-time vocational educational um, qualification they can then go on and do something more academic if they choose to do so and on the I mean, lots of um, people in the UK will be uh, familiar with the UCAS system. Um, one thing that's a bit different when applying for, for a university um, in, in Germany is that you might then, you could apply for different subjects in uh, different, different universities as well, and much more sort of individual, individual approach. Uh, but then with the bachelor and master system, which replaced an older system in Germany, uh, which used to be quite different from the UK model, um, but now it's quite similar to the uh, to the UK. And how popular is the apprenticeship system? So how many uh, people go on to do it? Up to about half of uh, half of school leavers. Um, there is um, you know a great deal. It's a little bit difficult to look at the statistics and give a concrete answer to that question. That's something a question that I've been asked of the, the Department of Education um, before before now, um, because someone might go initially go down an academic route, decide it's not for them, and then they can switch to that more vocational route. And culturally in Germany, that's that's not a 
not an inacceptable choice, as it were. You get lots of people who would decide to try the academic route and then go the other way or vice versa. And that, um, that is very common. Um, but the apprenticeship system is, is seen by all in, in Germany as definitely always needing reforms and improvements and perhaps being made more attractive. There are concerns that too many people go on to um, to university uh, like in uh, like in the UK but that's that's a system that employers trade unions apprentices themselves and parents say is a, is a good system giving people a, a solid qualification and a solid start in life so fascinating because as you say it's it's a different um, quite different in the UK where a lot of people go on to university what would you say are some of the differences between uh, British and, and German universities perhaps uh, in terms of the application process um, or just generally the duration um, or, or different different aspects certainly on duration a lot of um, a lot of Germans don't quite stick to the three years um, almost the majority I'd say um, the they might find that um, you know, they want to do an internship or they couldn't quite do the, the right sort of modules in one semester. So many uh, Germans will perhaps take four years to do their bachelor system or uh, their bachelor uh, degree or three years to do uh, their master's instead of two years. So that's a, that's a significant difference from the UK where people will stick to those to, to those three years and, and not do not do any more, and otherwise that the the sister of course lectures and seminars will be in that's fairly fairly similar to um, to to the UK, um, but people writing what's called Hausarbeiten, um, the um, the equivalent of writing um, uh, essays etc. They tend to be a little bit longer. Uh, in 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 Germany, um, that would be that would be one of the the um, the other differences that I would I would note. And in terms of cost for university, how does it compare to the UK? So that's that Germany did go through a phase where tuition fees were introduced, um, and eventually, though, all of the states abolished uh, tuition fees once more, and so university is free for all those who who want to who can and have the are able to meet the meet the requirements and they're even apart from baden-württemberg free for foreigners as well um, in baden-württemberg if you're not an eu citizen then you do have to pay um a tuition fees of, of, of sort of around 1200 euros if i remember correctly certainly around that um, amount uh, whereas in other states um you know, someone coming from China or India as well as France um, would um, is able to study uh, without paying paying anything. And of course, the the fact that most uh, uh, lectures and seminars are in German, that you will need to speak fluent German to be able to study in Germany, of course, is uh, uh, limits um, the potential of people coming from from uh, from abroad. Um, however, there is a, a great deal of effort to internationalize um, German. Um, German tertiary education as well um, to to attract more people, um, especially of course when it when it comes to, to doctorates and masters etc. Et there's more options there for people wanting to study and research in in English. 
So you've mentioned the lender a couple of times now, and we'll get onto that shortly. Um, but first, can I ask who's responsible for making education policy guidelines and for adopting related laws and administrative um, regulations? It is, it is split. I mean, it's firmly a state competency. The 16 states are in charge of, of, of education policy, but they understand the need to work together and, and ensure that there aren't too great a differences between themselves. They might have a, um, you know, a different, a slightly different curriculum, or they might have different types of schools, but they want to make sure, for example, that an A-level um, in one part of Germany is this you know, roughly equivalent to an A-level in another part of Germany. Um, so it's, they do have what's called a conference of the of the 16 education ministries, ministers, as well as their um, chief civil servants, who meet on a regular basis to discuss a range of different issues to make sure that there is a uh, um, there is harmony um, uh, and to, uh, in in between the between the systems in the states. As but it is firmly the the states that will set uh, when it comes to secondary school the curriculum. Um, you know what type of they may agree they will agree with other states on for example there's a um, by 2030 all states will make sure that they have uh, the opportunity for, for children to go spend all day at school um, so traditionally in Germany people went you know sort of half seven eight o'clock in the morning left at lunchtime um, whereas now all states have agreed that by 2030 there will be uh, options in place that people can stay uh, stay in the afternoon as well, um, but apart from there is the only exception to that is when it comes to apprenticeships, um, and there for the um, for the dual system as it called where you spend thirty percent of your time at college seventy percent of the t- of your time at the uh, employer, then what you are meant to learn whilst you're with the employer is is governed by a federal uh, ordinance, federal secondary legislation. Um, It's voted on as a committee that's made up of representatives from the states, from the federal government, from employers and trade unions that vote on what it should be. But the final outcome is is federal legislation that has to be implemented everywhere. And then whilst the states are responsible for that curriculum, the theoretical input, they agree together at a federal level um, what it should be for those apprenticeships. So whilst you might, you know, what you learn uh, in your A level might be quite, you know, might be structured quite differently and uh, is independent in Berlin from Bavaria, when you do an apprenticeship, um, what you will sort of learn on on the job. And then also when you go into a vocational college will be, will be very, uh, very similar. And what would you say are the practical consequences of having education controlled at, at the regional level? I mean, it's something that we're learning in the UK, of course, because we um, uh, in in the devolved administrations, ed- education has uh, education is 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 a um, is a competency led on by Wales or Scotland, Northern Ireland. Of course, there's always been differences between the English and Scottish um, education systems. It has it gives an opportunity for innovation, doing things differently. It allows comparison, so you can you can look at say, well, how has um, Bavaria 
decided to to tackle this and how has Berlin done it and which is uh, you know which is more successful so you've got that uh, competition uh, between the different states uh, and the ability to try out different policies and work out what uh, what might be best rather than um, doing set, you know being one policy going for for all of Germany um, and not being able to learn from the um, the experience of others. When it, people do say, for for example, that a Bavarian A level is is worth more than a Berlin A level, um, and then that makes it easier because they're all treated the same when they go into university formally. And then it makes it easier for someone from Berlin to um, to go to uh, a university than someone from Bavaria, for example. So that's one practical outcome for individuals. But otherwise, it's more about sort of different policy approaches and, and what can be done best. And of course, the states, a lot of the states would say, well, we do what's best for our state. Um, you know, and that we, you might find um, what works in Berlin doesn't work in Bavaria. And that's part of the reasons why they have a different um, a different approach of course a fundamental reason for the different approach is the is the different um, political makeup of the states um, and you will see a more conservative approach to education in those states that have um, a christian democratic led um, government and a a more progressive uh, approach to education in those states led by the, uh, the social democrats or or the Greens. Um, and it's certainly fascinating is when a new government comes along, what sort of changes uh, they're, they're prepared to make. And in some of those states where the government changes more often, um, uh, then you see every couple of years the education policy changing you know, in a different direction. Whereas those states which are used to having, you know, one, uh, one party generally being the largest one, then you see a lot more um, consistency over the years as well. Thank you, that's uh, it's fascinating. Um, how are the curricula organised and governed? Is that also, I, I suppose, yes, it is also Ländersache, um, so uh, a matter of the, the Länder, the states. Um, but how uh, or who um, comes up with the curricula and, and governs them? There's another difference from the UK. We might be used to, those of us at least who've done um, exams, A-levels, GCSEs in the UK in the last um, 20 or, or so years will be, be used to different exam boards and then say they set the uh, set the curricula and and the exams and there are you know sometimes differences between those those different exam boards in Germany it is the states and who will uh, you know set out the the, the 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 curricula and what should be done there's a lot obviously lots of room for interpretation for teachers as well um, you don't have a separate exam board and um, there are obviously systems in place to make sure grade inflation doesn't happen and the checks are done but a lot of your marks for your a level and for your for your other work at school will be given to you by your teacher um, they're not sent away to a, a separate exam board um, and so that's you so you've got a mixture of the of the, the state sending the approach and then allowing the, the teachers a degree of, of flexibility and, and choice as well when they're, when they're teaching their, their lessons. Uh, but ultimately, it is a, um, a, the state education ministries that are, are designing, uh, designing the curricula. And how is the German education system funded? 
So there, there is a few differences there from, uh, from the current uh, policy in, uh, in England, uh, in the UK. So in Germany, you have the, the states will pay the teachers their wages. And states are, uh, the teachers are actually considered in many of the states, not all of them, uh, civil servants. So they don't actually pay social security contributions and that sort of thing. They're, um, it's quite a, uh, a privileged uh, status to have as a as a as a teacher in Bavaria, not in Berlin, but in most of the um, in most of the states. And then, in, when it comes to the maintenance of individual school buildings, etc., that's paid for by the local authority. And then, um, at sort of when it comes to the tertiary education system, a lot of money for research. Um, I think about thirteen billion is then. Um, given out by the Federal Education and Research Ministry. Um, but uh, when it comes to those, um, to, to the schools, then teachers' wages, salaries paid for by the state, and then the cost of equipment and building by the local authorities. But increasingly, um, we see the states and the federal governments giving those local authorities a helping hand with funding. Um, sometimes that, that's meant that the constitution has had to uh, be changed um, because it's been uh, because it's such a um, an area of policy that uh, should remain with the states or, or is considered as something that should remain with the states. Um, and then also there are complications around giving local authorities money because that might reduce their independence. Um, one reform we've seen recently is the uh, in terms of digitalization, uh, the federal government has made funds available to the states to then pass on to their local authorities to increase the number of whiteboards, etc., the number of laptops and equipment available um, for, for students. There have been some criticism about how slowly that has been rolled out because it's incumbent upon the schools to then apply for that money uh, initially, they had to then also outline how that money would be used and how that new equipment will be accompanied by a different way of teaching. So that you don't end up with a whiteboard on the wall and then it's never used. Um, that was dropped during the pandemic to try and increase um, the, uh, the amount of applications that came in from the schools. Um, but we've also seen that uh, during the pandemic and the acquisition of air purifiers, both stationary and then ones that can be moved about, um, that the funding was made available by the states or the federal government for individual schools and local authorities to apply for. Maybe touching on what you just said with regards to the pandemic, uh, were there some other challenges that emerged? And perhaps you could also say a few words on um, some more reforms that um, have been undertaken or are planned to, to raise the standards of education in Germany? Yes, um, in terms of the pandemic, um, of course, we saw schools closed, just like in, in the UK, uh, and digitalisation was a struggle. And there were different, um, different platforms used for, for teaching um, and different models looked at by different schools who made their own decisions as to as to what to do and there you know, were lots of complaints about you know are people actually 
able to go online and that sort of thing. The uh, and of course since um, uh, since schools have started to go back this autumn or the end of the summer this autumn, uh, then there has been continued to be a discussion and there is to this day about whether pupils need to wear a mask in school or outside of school. And so we see, again, as we do in other areas of education, we see that some states do have masks in schools, some have abolished them, uh, some have them in in certain circumstances in in schools and, and others. And there is... And that's a general part of the policy debate in Germany is, is how much is federalism working or is it a good approach? And, and you hear lots of actors, political actors, calling for a common approach across Germany um, and, and suggest, but then others will say, well, actually, we want to do what's best for our state and our particular circumstances. And because the pandemic is different in one state uh, from the other, then it makes sense for the states to, you know, one state where the incidence rate, um, where there are more COVID cases, uh, where the incident rate is, is higher uh, to have mask wearing and then, then in others not. So that's it continues to be the um, the case even, even now. Uh, but if we were to sum up the experience or the um, the conclusions from the experience uh, from uh, from the pandemic, then we would say the word digitalization and and the the need for for the rollout of, of digital technology in, in schools and then its appropriate use um, to be to be taken forward, which was a key part of the federal election campaign and and will no doubt be part of state election campaigns going forward as well. Thank you so much, Jack. We are sadly at the end of our time, but it was fascinating to talk to you and to find out so much more about the German education system, which is uh, in many ways very different from the British system. So I'm really glad we could have this dialogue and very grateful um, that you took the time to, to share your knowledge with us. So thank you very much for joining us. It was great to be here.